to welcome you today. We're in the third installment in a series that we're talking about that we've entitled Devoted 2021. A couple of years ago in 2019, we had a series we entitled Devoted, and we launched a, an initiative where we said, hey, the Lord is calling us. And we've, we've been a church, organized as a church for about 12 years now, but we've never had a permanent facility. We've always rented this facility uh, here on Sunday mornings. We've rented an office space and other spaces as we need them, like at PCA and other places. Never had a place we could use all week long, and we felt like God was calling us now. We've been able to, since uh, we had some good money managers and other things, we've been able to save some money. We've been able to organize and other things. It was time for us to really expand our ministry, and we felt like if we were devoted to what God called us to do, then God would allow us to raise the capital we needed to get this done. Well, that was a couple of years ago. You've been very generous. We're well on the way toward completion of this building, as you've heard. And we thought it'd be important for us now to remind ourselves, well, what's this all about? We're not devoted to a building. We're devoted to Christ. We're devoted to being a real church. And we're devoted to being about his mission. And that means that we want 100% engagement behind these things. That's what devoted means. We're all in. When my wife and I go out to dinner, she wants me sitting with my back where the TV is if it's a place that has a television on the wall because she wants me devoted to our evening. Does that make sense? Okay. Yeah, some of the guys here are going, why are you doing this, man? Now I'm never going to be able to see the score. Okay, but the idea is that uh, she wants me to be devoted to her, 100% engaged in our conversation, and she's right to do so. Well, we want to be 100% about what God has called us to do because he's given us a mission. And I want to remind us what a mission is. A mission is an important task or duty that's assigned to an individual or an organization. And Jesus has given us some very important things to do. I want to remind us of those this morning because we have a mission. And that building, we're putting that together to help us do a better job of fulfilling our assignment. That's just a building. We're the church. Can we say that together, please? That's just a building. We're the church. That building isn't on assignment. We are. The building's just a tool. But today I want to remind you of what this is all about. And I want to tell you, you are going to be massively encouraged. Because we live in a day when many people are cynical and fearful and afraid. They have no purpose in life. And you and I have an eternal purpose given to us by Jesus himself. I mean, it's the greatest thing we can possibly imagine. Will you have a word of prayer with me? Lord, I just thank you that not only do you forgive us of our sins, not only do you promise us heaven when we die, not only do you send your Holy Spirit to come live inside of us and change us from inside out, you allow us to be your servants to carry out your mission in this world. You give us purpose. You give us identity. You give us a direction in life, meaning in life, that is miles thick. And, oh, God, today I pray that you remind us of what that mission is and why we exist as a church and why we think a new facility would help us do better. Please, Lord. I pray that you'll speak and move me out of the way. In the name of Christ we pray, amen. Twelve years ago, we wrote this statement when we organized this church. Our mission is this. Centerpoint Fellowship Church exists to center lives on Christ by fulfilling the great commandment and the great commission. We wrote that. 
And if you're not familiar with what the great commandment, the great commission are, you're about to find out. Okay? Here's what they are. First of all, we're devoted to fulfilling the great commandment. This is what Jesus said when he was asked one day, hey, what's the greatest commandment in the Bible? He said this, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And a second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law, all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Jesus said, you want to sum up the entire Old Testament, here it is. Love God with your heart, soul, mind, love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Sums up the whole thing. That's what God wants from us. As a church, we say, well, that's what God wants from us all the time. First thing we want to do is we want every person involved with Centerpoint to be 100% engaged in loving God. 100% engaged. I mean, it's devoted. What does that look like? Psalm 42.1. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Oh, when can I go and meet with God? This is why we want to have inspiring worship services. It's why we want you to be involved in a small group where you can learn to pray with people who know how to pray and be around people who know how to read their Bible and get something out of it every day. These are things we can help each other learn so that when we ask you to read your Bible, like, you can't wait. When you get a chance to pray, you go, oh, I want to pray. I mean, when Jesus' disciples hung out with Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray the way you pray. I love praying with you. And when Jesus taught the Bible, he said, man, the whole thing comes alive. You teach it with real authority. This new facility we're building, we're going to have prayer meetings. We're going to have amazing worship services. We're going to have seminars. We're going to have on how to read your Bible. We're going to train people in how to engage God every day. Listen to another passage here. If you want to know what it looks like to just be in love with the Lord. I love the Lord. Because he hears my voice and my prayer for mercy. Because he bends down to listen. I'll pray as long as I have breath. I mean, I'm so much in love with God. Because when I pray, Jesus kicked open the door to heaven that was shut because we were sinful. He paid for our, the penalty for our sins in full. We can walk right into the throne room of heaven anytime. And this psalm reminds us that God himself is bending down to listen and says, I want to be with you. Oh, man, our mission is to help introduce people to God, to introduce them to Christ so they can be made right with him and then help them fall in love with him. Secondly, we want every person involved with Centerpoint to be 100% engaged in loving others. This is why we give people opportunities to serve. A great way to prove our love for others is to put their needs ahead of our own. Listen to Philippians 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Is there any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking, other, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest. Take an interest in others, too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And when Jesus died on the cross, he was thinking of me, not himself. When he humbled himself and died an innocent death, he'd never sinned. I'm the sinner. And he died for me. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, he'll give me that kind of love for others. And that's why last week, we, if you go back, if you missed last week's message, we talked about what it means to be the church. It's why God brings us together, all together in a church here. We're all mixed up. We got 
older people, younger people. We got male, female, people of different races, people who come from all different backgrounds, all kinds of jobs. Some people became a Christian two months ago. Other people have been a Christian for 40 years, and he throws us all together in a church. Why does he do that? Because it gives us every opportunity in the world to love each other. I'm going to have to listen to you. I'm going to have to help you. Sometimes you have something that I need. Sometimes I have something that you need. Sometimes I need a kick in the pants, and sometimes you do. Hopefully it's more often you than me. But anyway, that's a different story. But, but the idea is this, is that we all come together, and God mixes us up like this, shuffles the deck inside this church so that we are a living example to the whole world of what it means, what it looks like when people actually love each other. We live in a dog-eat-dog world. We live in a world where people have given up hope. We live in a world where people just outdo each other to say mean and nasty things on social media. Has anybody noticed this besides me? You know what people are looking for? They're looking for a place. Is there any place where people actually believe the best about each other? Is there any place left on the planet where people actually try to serve each other and not try to get their dig in first? Man, that's the mission of our church. Jesus said, if you love each other, the whole world will be convinced that you're my disciples because the world hasn't changed. It's always been dog eat dog. And our church, our mission is to help each other love each other. Hmm. And I want to remind us of this. We love because he first loved us. Could we read that verse together, please? We love because he first loved us. One more time. We love because he first loved us. Jesus loved me first. I'm just responding. So I want to learn how to love him more. I want to learn how to love others more. And I hope you do too. That building is just going to give us more opportunities to help more people do that. Because here we meet, we ran out this space on Sunday mornings. We ran out an office during the week. We ran out some other places, but we'll be able to use that facility all week long. Oh, the potential is amazing how many people could be encouraged to love God more and love others more through us. Because we're the church. Secondly, we're devoted to filling the Great Commission. That was the Great Commandment. This is the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Jesus, right before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we want to be 100% engaged in telling people everywhere. That's all the nations about Jesus and teaching new believers everything we know about living godly lives. I mean, we have world, worldwide missions that we support here as a church, but we also want to be faithful in making disciples right here in the river region in our neck of the woods. I mean, there are people we support who are carrying the gospel to places all over the globe. That's great. But God's placed us strategically in Montgomery and in Wetumpka and in Prattville and in neighborhoods and in schools and in workplaces all over the place where he wants us to be, where people can see you and me. How do we deal with problems? How do we handle conflict? How do we forgive when people treat us terribly? How do we have peace when everybody else is terrified or worried? Where does that all come from? And when they see the Holy Spirit working inside of us, 
transforming us and us encouraging and loving each other to go, I want to be a part of that. And so what we want to do as a church, part of our mission is to always help grow each other up. Not just to become Christians ourselves, but to invest our lives in others and help them so they can in turn teach people as well. This is what Paul wrote to Timothy about. He said, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You've heard me teach the things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who'll be able to pass them on to others. Parents teaching children so their children can one day teach the grandchildren. Older men teaching younger men so who can teach the men who come after them. Older women teaching the younger women. This is what God wants for us. It's one of the reasons we organize people in small groups as fast as we can, because that facilitates that. We get discussions, because in your small group, you'll find people who know a lot more than you do about one area of life, and you might know more than they do in another area. And as we exchange these ideas, we all grow. And then we're able to turn around and say, hey, I can help you with that. Let me tell you what I learned. This is discipleship. Helping people learn what we know. Make disciples. Teach them the same things that taught you. This is center point. This is our mission. And it's important. We also are committed to baptizing people. We want to 100% be 100% engaged in baptizing people who repent of their sins and surrender, them, surrender their lives to Jesus. We baptized a, a couple uh, a husband and wife at the 8 o'clock service this morning. They had their five children there. And they want their five children to grow up in a godly home. And they have come to Christ. And they said it was time for us to be baptized and be recognized here in front of the church because we want to raise our family here in this church. We want to raise a godly family and make disciples. In just a minute, we're going to baptize five more people at this service. Some of them are kids. There's a mom. There's a single adult. You're going to hear their professions of faith in just a minute. We're devoted to this, to baptizing people. When we baptize people, listen to what Paul says about this. It's really interesting. He says, for we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Baptism is a picture on the outside of what happens on the inside. Baptism shows us what Paul says is that when we come to Christ, we died to our old sinful way of living and we're raised to a new life in Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. He's changing us. I don't run my own life anymore. My Lord and Savior does. I follow him. But baptism pictures some other things too. I didn't have room to put all the references in there that apply. Baptism also reminds us as we dip people under the water that we come to Christ, our sins are washed away. Completely forgiven, paid in full. If that's good news for you this morning, would you say amen? amen? Our sins are washed away. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And I have a new life. The same power that conquered the grave lives in me. If that's good news, would you say amen? amen. There's one more picture. When we are baptized, we are professing our faith in Christ that when our mortal body dies and is placed in the grave... We'll be raised to a new life and have brand new bodies that will never die again in the presence of Jesus himself where there'll be no more sin, no more sorrow, no more dying ever again. And if that's good news to you, would you say amen? amen. 
we're committed to introducing people to Christ so they can love him more, so they can love their neighbors more, so they can be free to live that new life. And this is the greatest thing ever. So this morning, I want you to witness some baptisms. And so, I mean, you're going to be encouraged. Just prepare to be encouraged, okay? Uh, Lily, would you come on up here? This is Lily Burkett. And Lily, if you and your dad come up, we're going to let you lead off. And this is so important uh, that we understand this. And I love it that when we meet with children here and they profess their faith in Christ, this is not a gospel. It's too hard for them to understand. They understand that Jesus loves them and died for them. Come on in. So, Lily, why do you want to be baptized today? So I can do what Jesus planned me to do. So you can do what Jesus planned for you to do. And so you've given your heart to Jesus? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then, Lily, your dad and I are going to baptize you here today. I'm going to ask you to step down. Lily, if you grab your nose. There we go. And if you grab, be seated. Lily, because you've given your heart to Jesus and surrendered your life to him, and you want to do everything he has planned for you to do, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Rise and be greeted by your church family. Good job, Lily. Okay, next up, I want you to meet Paxton Guidry. Oh, there we go. There you go, Paxton. And his dad, Chad, is going to help him as well. Come on in, Paxton. Okay, so Paxton, why do you want to be baptized? I want to give my heart to Jesus. Paxton, if you would step down. And if you would be seated. If you pinch your nose too. We do that, but that's important. Okay. Paxton, because you want to give your heart to Jesus and you've surrendered your life to him, we baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Rise and be greeted by your church family. <laughs> Callie Sexton, if you'd come on up here. on down. Callie, why do you want to be baptized? Because I want Jesus in my heart. So thanks for helping today. We have parents helping and it matters so much because this is all part of a godly home. So if you would grab your nose and your wrist, please. Callie, because you want Jesus in your heart and you've invited him to come in, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Rise and be greeted by your church family. Megan Stoddart, would you come? Megan's husband is helping with her baptism. So you step on down. 
Megan, why do you want to be baptized? Because of my overwhelming love for Jesus and continuously growing relationship with him. Well said. <laughs> Megan, if you'd be seated, please. Megan, because of your overwhelming love for Jesus and your continually growing relationship with him, and you're committed to that. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Rise and be greeted by your church family. Candace Cherry, would you come on? Candace and I um, talked a few months ago, and she surrendered her life to the Lord. And um, we've all been praying for this day for a long time. <laughs> if you'd step on down, please. That's a big step. That was a step. Yeah. <laughs> so, Candace, uh, tell everybody a little bit. You waited a few months. Why did you wait? Um, because I was scared. I was afraid that I was going to disappoint God after baptizing. But after giving it a lot of thought, I realized that it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I mess up again. Because God loves me, no matter what. Yeah, and Candace, um, why do you want to be baptized? Because I'm ready to live my new life. And uh, you told me before, when you got here this morning, you had a hard time sleeping last night. Yeah, I was like a kid on um, Christmas Eve. <laughs> I literally went to sleep at 3 o'clock this morning, and I was back up at 6. <laughs> there was just no Christmas tree. <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel about becoming a part of this church family? I love it. I'm happy here. Um, there was a day that I almost missed church, and I, I had an anxiety attack because I wasn't going to be here. <laughs> um, but I made it, so and I make sure that I'm here every Sunday, and I've done that for the last three months. Yeah. Has giving your life to Jesus made a difference in your life? Huge. Ever since the day I walked into your office, my life has completely changed. Everything down to the kind of music that I listen to, the people I hang out with, and everything. Everything in my life has changed. You be seated. Candace, because you want to live a new life in the power of the Holy Spirit, because you've surrendered your life to Jesus. You want him to change every part of your life and to keep, keep on doing so. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Rise and be greeted by your church family. Come on up here. Stay right there. I'm going to ask Candace to stay here. I'm going to ask all these other people to be here. Can we put that scripture up on the board about the, uh, from Philippians here? We need to rejoice. There's another part in your outline here. We need to rejoice whenever people get baptized. There was a jailer in Philippi. Yeah, we need to rejoice when people get baptized. And you can go to that next scripture from uh, Acts. Um, there was a jailer. Paul and Silas were in prison. And they'd been locked in the stocks in a, in a jail cell. They were singing praises to God, even though they'd been horribly mistreated. 
a great earthquake came as they were praising God. Their chains fell off. All the prison doors fell open. The jailer thought all the prisoners had escaped and he was going to kill himself because he knew he'd be held responsible. And Paul and Silas called out and they said, don't do this. Our God did this. You don't have to worry. We're all here. And the jailer came to them. He said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you'll be saved along with everyone in your household. If you go to the next slide. And they shared the word of the Lord with him, with all that lived in his household. And this is the really cool part. And even at that hour of the night, middle of the night, the jailer cared for them, washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household were immediately baptized. And he brought them into his house, set a meal before them, and he and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. I rejoice that there are young people who are coming to Christ, and they never have, like Walt said earlier, they don't have to live 40 years without Christ. I rejoice that Candace can come and she can find a new life. I rejoice that we can have parents come, teenagers come, kids come, all can come to Christ, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done. And we baptize them, we're showing on the outside what's happening on the inside, and we need to make a big deal out. I'm glad you all clapped, but we didn't clap loud enough. I mean, if somebody had a pick six in a game yesterday, you'd have stood up and carried on, okay? So right now, we're going to give one more round of applause for all these people who got baptized today, and we're going to stand up like somebody just did a, a pick six. Stand up. High fives. High fives. Okay, you guys can head out. Now, I got one more thing I want to say to y'all before we leave today, and that's this. We need to rejoice on that, and we also want to remind ourselves that we want every person involved with Centerpoint to be 100% engaged in our mission. This is our mission, to help children, adults, people far from God, people who grew up in Christian homes, to help them all fall in love with God more, to help them love people more, to help them make disciples. I mean, when Candace says she can't wait for this day, I was so excited, I couldn't stand it. But there are so many more people just like her, people dying for hope, dying for forgiveness. They don't even think they can come in here. They don't think they belong. They don't know that Jesus forgives them. They don't know that people will love them. And you and I get to be those people. We get to be the hands and feet of Jesus every day. You and I right here. That's our mission. I want eight people baptized every Sunday in that new facility at the first service. Okay, anyway, I'll keep going on that. But here we go. Let me read one more scripture. I don't have time to go through everything I have in your outline. I have time for this one more. Philippians 1, 3 through 6. Paul wrote a letter back to the city where the jailer and his family became Christians. And here's what he said years later. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. I mean, he's giving thanks for the people where Paul and Silas were beaten up and thrown in jail in that city. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners. Partners. Could we say that word together, please? Partners. I can tell you every one of our elders, every one of our deacons would say, oh, if our people would only see themselves as partners in this ministry partners. I mean, the jailer and his family didn't just attend worship services. They were partners. I love that. 
I mean, that's why when we, we don't have any hesitancy of putting in front of you a commitment card, a devoted card. We want you to be partners, partners in donating finances to, so we can finish paying off that building. Why would we ask you that? Because if we're partners in this, you can understand we have this great tool to reach more people. We want you to volunteer. Why do we want you to volunteer? Well, if we're partners, you understand if we all work together, we can help more people love God. We can help more people come to Christ. We can help more people live new lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. You've been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the first time you heard it until now, and I'm certain God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. That's what we want to hear. We want to be devoted to that until Jesus comes back. That's our mission. Loving God more, loving people more, making disciples. If you have not been baptized, there's on your connect, on your, on your connect card, this place you can say, I want to talk to somebody about baptism. Check that box. Grab one of us before you leave. It's time for you to get baptized. If you want to come to Christ today, we want to talk with you about that. If you want to volunteer and other things, pray about that commitment card, that devoted card. Bring it with you next Sunday. Will you pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity to be here today. I thank you for the wonderful news of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you have not only given us forgiveness, you've not only given us your Holy Spirit, you've not only given us brothers and sisters in Christ, you've given us a mission that could fulfill every dream we have for doing something that's eternally significant. Together, we can bring more people to Christ. Together, we can help people love you more. Together, we can help people overcome shame and fear and guilt and doubt. Together, Lord, you can use us, ordinary people like us, to make a difference in the population of heaven and hell for eternity. Oh God, I pray that we'll embrace our mission. God, help us do it. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.